You can now find a weekly recap of last week's sessions at thelawschoolofamerica.com. The Law School of America. Copyright Troll A copyright troll is a party, person or company, that enforces copyrights it owns for purposes of making money through litigation, in a manner considered unduly aggressive or opportunistic, generally without producing or licensing the works it owns for paid distribution. Critics object to the activity because they believe it does not encourage the production of creative works, but instead makes money through the inequities and unintended consequences of high statutory damages provisions in copyright laws intended to encourage creation of such works. Both the term and the concept of a copyright troll began to appear in the mid-2000s. It derives from the pejorative patent trolls, which are companies that enforce patent rights to earn money from companies that are selling products, without having products of their own for sale. It is distinguished from organizations such as ASCAP, which collect royalties and enforce copyrights of their members. Notable Examples One commentator describes Harry Wall, husband of 19th-century British comic singer Annie Wall, as the world's first copyright troll. Wall set up the Authors, Composers and Artists Copyright Protection Office, to collect fees for unauthorized performances of works by composers, often deceased based on the threat of litigation for statutory damages under the Dramatic Copyright Act of 1842. In the 2000s, the SCO Group's effort to obtain royalties in regards to the open-source operating system Linux, was viewed as copyright trolling by some of the approximately 1,500 companies from whom SCO demanded licensing royalties, based on a copyright that a court eventually ruled belonged instead to Novell. Novell, by contrast, had no interest or intention of enforcing its copyright against the alleged infringers. The term was also applied to two parties that separately sued Google in 2006, after posting content they knew would be indexed by Google's Googlebot Spider, with the industry standard noindex opt-out tags deliberately omitted. After Perfect 10 Incorporated v Google Incorporated, adult magazine Perfect 10 was described as a copyright troll for setting up image links with the intent to sue Google for infringement after Google added them to its image search service. In Field v Google, a Nevada lawyer took affirmative steps to get his legal writings included in Google's search results so that he could sue Google, and was ruled to have acted in bad faith. More recently, the term has been used to describe entities that bring questionable claims against companies in the fashion industry over purported copyrights and fabric patterns. Right Haven Cases In 2010, copyright holding company Right Haven LLC was called a copyright troll by commentators, after it purchased copyrights to a number of old news articles from Stevens Media, at the time the publisher of the Las Vegas Review Journal based on a business model of suing bloggers and other internet authors for statutory damages for having reproduced the articles on their sites without permission. The matter was covered by the Los Angeles Times, Bloomberg News, Wired News, Mother Jones, The Wall Street Journal, The Boston Herald, and other newspapers and news blogs, as well as the Electronic Frontier Foundation, which offered to assist the defendants. The paper's competitor, The Las Vegas Sun, covered all 107 of the lawsuits as of September 1, 2010, describing it as the first known instance of a copyright troll buying the rights to a news story based on finding that its copyright had been infringed. The Review Journal's publisher responded by defending the lawsuits, and criticizing The Sun for covering them. In August, 2010, the company entered an agreement with Weco Media in Arkansas to pursue similar actions, and announced that it was in negotiation with a number of other publishers. 
Wired magazine described the activity as borrowing a page from the patent trolls, and noted that the company was demanding $75,000 from each infringer, and agreeing to settlements of several thousand dollars per defendant. In April 2011, a Colorado court ruled in Wright Haven v. Hill that Although plaintiff's business model relies in large part upon reaching settlement agreements with a minimal investment of time and effort, the purpose of the courts is to provide a forum for the orderly, just, and timely resolution of controversies and disputes. Plaintiff's wishes to the contrary, the courts are not merely tools for encouraging and exacting settlements from defendants cowed by the potential costs of litigation and liability. By the second half of 2011, Defendants with resources to fight Wright Haven in court were winning cases on grounds that their usage fell within the fair use doctrine and that Stevens Media had actually not assigned full ownership of the copyrighted material to Wright Haven. Wright Haven was also sanctioned by at least one judge for failing to disclose that Stevens Media got a 50% cut of any lawsuit proceeds involving the review journal. Successful defendants demanded court costs and legal fees, which Wright Haven refused to pay. By December 2011, Wright Haven was insolvent and on the auction block. Legal Defense Two lawyers have provided a framework for a legal defense against copyright trolls. Since most of the lawsuits about online copyright infringement rely on a minimal amount of information that targets non-infringers as well as infringers, there are ways to defend against the lawsuit by defense lawyers and pro se defendants that are described in the framework. Now a word from our sponsor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Law School of America Limitations and exceptions to copyright are provisions, in local copyright law or burn convention, which allow for copyrighted works to be used without a license from the copyright owner. Limitations and exceptions to copyright relate to a number of important considerations such as market failure, freedom of speech, education and equality of access, such as by the visually impaired. Some view limitations and exceptions as user rights seeing user rights as providing an essential balance to the rights of the copyright owners. There is no consensus among copyright experts as to whether user rights are rights or simply limitations on copyright. See for example the National Research Council's Digital Agenda Report, Note 1. The concept of user rights has also been recognized by courts, including the Canadian Supreme Court in CCH Canadian Limited v. Law Society of Upper Canada. 2004, which classed fair dealing as such a user right. These kinds of disagreements in philosophy are quite common in the philosophy of copyright, where debates about jurisprudential reasoning tend to act as proxies for more substantial disagreements about good policy. Changing Technology The scope of copyright limitations and exceptions became a subject of societal and political debate within various nations in the late 1990s and early 2000s, largely due to the impact of digital technology. The changes in national copyright legislations for compliance with TRIPS, and the enactment of anti-circumvention rules in response to the WIPO Copyright Treaty. The European People's Party concluded that international instruments for the protection of copyright no longer seem capable of guaranteeing creators and investors a fair return on their activities while ensuring the public's access to information and respect for privacy. 
Defenders of copyright exceptions fear that technology, contract law undermining copyright law and copyright law not being amended, is reducing the scope of important exceptions, and therefore harming creativity. In May 2010 a declaration entitled Copyright for Creativity was launched, stating, while exclusive rights have been adapted and harmonized to meet the challenges of the knowledge economy, copyrights exceptions are radically out of line with the needs of the modern information society. The lack of harmonization of exceptions hinders the circulation of knowledge-based goods and services across Europe. The lack of flexibility within the current European exceptions regime also prevents us from adapting to a constantly changing technological environment. This ad hoc coalition is being registered at the official EU Transparency Register in the section in House Lobbyists. Coordinator of this project runs a Brussels-based public affairs and government relations firm specialized in the online environment, that mainly mentions industries and trade associations as its clients. Attempts at expansion of copyright limitations and exceptions are sometimes regarded as a threat by publishers. Competition law and antitrust law. Copyright is typically thought of as a limited, legally sanctioned monopoly. Because of this, copyright licensing may sometimes interfere too much in free and competitive markets. These concerns are governed by legal doctrines such as competition law in the European Union, antitrust law in the United States, and anti-monopoly law in Russia and Japan. Competition issues may arise when the licensing party unfairly leverages market power, engages in price discrimination through its licensing terms, or otherwise uses a licensing agreement in a discriminatory or unfair manner. Attempts to extend the copyright term granted by law, for example, by collecting royalties for use of the work after its copyright term has expired and it has passed into the public domain, raise such competition concerns. In April 1995, the U.S. published antitrust guidelines for the licensing of intellectual property which apply to patents, copyright, and trade secrets. In January 1996, the European Union published Commission Regulation No. 24096 which applies to patents, copyright, and other intellectual property rights, especially regarding licenses. The guidelines apply mutatis mutandis to the extent possible. The interplay of copyright law and competition law is increasingly important in the digital world, as most countries' laws allow private contracts to override copyright law. Given that copyright law creates a legally sanctioned monopoly, balanced by limitations and exceptions that allow access without the permission of the copyright holder, the overriding of copyright law by private contracts can create monopoly activity. Well-known limitations and exceptions include fair dealing in the UK and Canada, as well as the fair use doctrine in the US. The undermining of copyright law, and in particular limitations and exceptions to copyright by contract law is an issue frequently raised by libraries, and library groups such as International Federation of Library Associations and Institutions. As a result of this, this issue is increasingly being looked at and discussed at a national governmental level for example UK as well as international level such as WIPO, as part of the development agenda. International Legal Instruments Limitations and exceptions are also the subject of significant regulation by global treaties. These treaties have harmonized the exclusive rights which must be provided by copyright laws, and the Byrne three-step test operates to constrain the kinds of copyright exceptions and limitations which individual nations can enact. On the other hand, there are very few requirements in international copyright treaties placed on national governments to provide any exemptions from exclusive rights. One such case is Article 10.1 of the Berne Convention, which guarantees a limited right to make quotations from copyrighted works. 
Because of the lack of balance in international treaties in October 2004, WIPO agreed to adopt a significant proposal offered by Argentina and Brazil. The proposal for the establishment of a development agenda for WIPO also known simply as the Development Agenda, from the Geneva Declaration on the Future of the World Intellectual Property Organization. This proposal was well supported by developing countries. A number of civil society bodies have been working on a draft access to knowledge, or A2K, treaty which they would like to see introduced. National Laws Two important examples of limitations and exceptions to copyright are the Fair Use Doctrine found in the United States, and the Fair Dealing Doctrine found in many other common law countries. Other more fundamental boundaries of copyright are caused by thresholds of originalities L, a threshold below which objects cease to be copyrightable, the idea-expression dichotomy, the public domain and the effect of crown copyright. Even copyright maximalists might interpret these as defining copyright rather than being limitations or exceptions to it. In addition copyright can only protect the artist's expression of his slasher work and not the ideas, systems, or factual information conveyed in it. Likewise, the U.S. courts have determined that stock characters are also uncopyrightable. While fair use in the United States is popularly understood as the only limitation to an author's exclusive rights, it is only one of several important limitations. Section 106 of the U.S. Copyright Law which defines the exclusive rights in copyrighted works, is subject to sections 107 through 122, which limit the copyright holder's exclusive rights. In the U.S. in stark contrast to those copyright laws which have developed from English law, edicts of government are not subject to copyright, including edicts of foreign governments. The idea-expression distinction or idea-expression dichotomy is a legal doctrine in the United States that limits the scope of copyright protection by differentiating an idea from the expression or manifestation of that idea. Unlike patents, which may confer proprietary rights in relation to general ideas and concepts per se when construed as methods, copyrights cannot confer such rights. An adventure novel provides an illustration of the concept. Copyright may subsist in the work as a whole, in the particular story or characters involved, or in any artwork contained in the book, but generally not in the idea or genre of the story. Copyright, therefore, may not subsist in the idea of a man venturing out on a quest, but may subsist in a particular story that follows that pattern. Similarly, if the methods or processes described in a work are patentable, they may be the subject of various patent claims, which may or may not be broad enough to cover other methods or processes based on the same idea. Arthur C. Clarke, for example, sufficiently described the concept of a communications satellite, a geostationary satellite used as a telecommunications relay, in a 1945 paper that it was not considered patentable in 1954 when it was developed at Bell Labs. Legal Origins and Status In the United States, the doctrine originated from the 1879 Supreme Court case of Baker v. Selden. The Supreme Court held in Selden that, while exclusive rights to the useful arts, in this case bookkeeping, described in a book might be available by patent, only the description itself was protectable by copyright. In later cases, the Supreme Court has stated that unlike a patent, a copyright gives no exclusive right to the art disclosed, protection is given only to the expression of the idea, not the idea itself and that copyright's idea-slash-expression dichotomy strikes a definitional balance between the First Amendment and the Copyright Act by permitting free communication of facts while still protecting an author's expression. In the English decision of Donahue v. Allied Newspapers Limited, 1938, ch. 106, 
The court illustrated the concept by stating that the person who has clothed the idea in form, whether by means of a picture, a play or a book owns the copyright. In the Australian decision of Victoria Park Racing and Recreation Grounds Company Limited v. Taylor, 1937, at 498, Latham C.J. used the analogy of reporting a person's fall from a bus, the first person to do so could not use the law of copyright to stop other people from announcing this fact. Today, Article 1.2 of the European Union Software Directive expressly excludes from copyright ideas and principles that underlie any element of a computer program, including those that underlie its interfaces. As stated by the European Court of Justice and SAS Institute Incorporated v. World Programming Limited, to accept that the functionality of a computer program can be protected by copyright would amount to making it possible to monopolize ideas, to the detriment of technological progress and industrial development. Senna off air. Some courts have recognized that particular ideas can be expressed effectively only by using certain elements or background. The French name for this doctrine is Senna off air. Therefore, even the expression in these circumstances is unprotected, or extremely limited to verbatim copying only. This is true in the United Kingdom and most Commonwealth countries. In the United States it is recognized that certain background elements are universal or at least commonplace in some types of work. For example, in Walker v. Time Life Films Incorporated, 1986, the Second Circuit said that in a film about cops in the South Bronx it was inevitable that the scenery would include drunks, stripped cars, prostitutes, and rats. In Gates Rubber Company v. Bando Chemical Industries, Limited, 1993, the Tenth Circuit held that hardware standards and mechanical specifications, software standards and compatibility requirements, computer manufacturer design standards, target industry practices and demands, and computer industry programming practices were unprotectable Senna affair for computer programs. The principle must have a limit, however, so that something is outside the Senna affair doctrine for South Bronx movies. Perhaps, cockroaches, gangs, and muggings are also part of the South Bronx Senna affair, but further similarity such as the film having as characters a slumlord with a heart of gold and a policeman who is a Zen Buddhist and lives in a garage surely goes beyond the South Bronx Senna affair. There must be some expression possible even in a cliché-ridden genre. Merger Doctrine A broader but related concept is the merger doctrine. Some ideas can be expressed intelligibly only in one or a limited number of ways. The rules of a game provide an example. In such cases the expression merges with the idea and is therefore not protected. United States courts are divided on whether merger prevents copyrightability in the first place, or should instead be considered when determining if the defendant copied protected expression. Only one federal circuit, the Ninth Circuit, has specifically held that merger should be considered a defense to copyright infringement, but as of 2019 this is not considered an affirmative defense as the plaintiff still carries the burden of proof that infringement occurred. The Law School of America This has been a Creative Commons licensed podcast. The content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation Incorporated under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The text has been modified for audio. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The Law School of America. Mm-hmm.